Here's a message from Ken Lavica. College football season never ends, and we've got two prominent coaches in a catfight. Gotta love it. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Saban versus Jimbo. And it has nothing to do on the field. It's like real housewives meet the Redneck South. Real housewives of the SEC. Oh, this is hot. This is juicy. And it's playing out before our very eyes. Ken Levick alive on a Thursday on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and, and your smart speaker. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Uh, he is in the Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point. Towers right off of the hot, uncomfortable, disgusting intracoastal. As for me, Ken Levicka, uh, this is what happens when you're a dad, and this is what happens when you also are not the uh, breadwinner uh, in the marriage. Uh, or in the partnership, the parental partnership, uh, you uh, you have to make some sacrifices. And uh, older daughter is sick. She is at home. It is more helpful to my breadwinner wife uh, if today I am at home helping out with the situation. Hence, I am stone uh, on my back patio doing the uh, the show. Hey, at least today. the weather's nice. The, oh, yeah. yeah I, I tell you what, the sweat rolling down my back right now feels great. Uh, <laughs> so so this is also a uh, Keeley Ferguson Thursday, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. She is the matriarch of ESPN 106.3 and Ken Levick alive, and she knows all about parental duties and yeah. sacrifice and just making do. And so, Keeley, I'm just making do. Yeah, I know. Well, well, my uh, parental story of the day is yesterday the the boy and the girl went outside to play with the dog, and mm-hmm. the boy wears glasses, and all of a sudden he wasn't wearing his glasses. He was wearing his <laughs> sister's sunglasses outside, uh-huh. and I said, um, where are your glasses? He goes, they're right there. The dog had them. Oh, uh, and I imagine the dog yeah. was not wearing them. No, the dog no. was chewing on them. Uh, the old, the old-fashioned chew job. Yep. Yep. Speaking of that, whether or not I I stay in communication with you guys through the two hours, uh, there's probably Vegas odds on that because I have a new puppy in the house, and oh. so this is an experiment. Will the puppy behave or chew through the Ethernet cord that is currently <laughs> allowing me to do this radio show over the next two hours? And so the journey begins in that sense uh so so keely you know i love drama i don't like to be in drama but i love to observe drama you do indeed opine on drama if you will and so last night nick saban the man the myth the legend the head coach of alabama he was in front of a lot of as we call in college football stone this is what we call them the money people right yes it is He's in front of the money people, okay? And this was a function in Birmingham, Alabama, where we're talking like $1,000 a plate 
at this thing. And he was asked about name, image, and likeness. NIL is on the tip of everybody's college football tongue these days. And Nick Saban not only discussed NIL, but he also alleged that his old friend Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M, you know that recruiting class that was number one in the nation? They bought all of them. Here's Nick Saban. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team. Made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Texas A&M. He says, Jimbo, they bought all of them. They bought all of them. <laughs> they bought all those players. That is bold. Do you think, Keeley, that, that, that when Nick Saban said that, he thought that it would just, it, Jimbo would say, hey, it's fine, whatever, let's just move on. Like, knowing what you know <laughs> about Jimbo Fisher, uh, what, what, did, what do you think Nick Saban, do you think maybe there was a little bit after the fact where he's like, huh, well, this might get a little bit dicey, or do you think he was just like, yeah, well, uh, uh, no, no big deal, he's my old buddy? No, I think Nick Saban was like, I'm Nick Saban, I'm going to say what I want to say. <laughs> you know what? That actually, I think, is pretty accurate. I'm Nick yeah. Saban, who's going to check me? Yep, right, who's who going to check me, boo? Yeah, who's, who's going to check me, boo? I'm Nick Saban, right. for, for mm-hmm. God's sake. So, um, Jimbo Fisher, uh, he, he did check uh, Nick Saban, needless to say. So get this, by the way. Mm-hmm. If this isn't the most dramatic thing possible, Jimbo Fisher called a press conference for 10 a.m. Central Time today, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, specifically called a press conference, not at the team's facility at Texas A&M, but at the football stadium, and uh, uh, made sure that all media was in attendance and the subject was Nick Saban. There was no discussion about spring ball. There was no discussion about fall practice. Jimbo Fisher needed to get some things off of his chest. And I I can't remember, Keeley, the last time, forget college football, any level of sports, one coach has gone in on another coach quite like Jimbo did with Nick Saban. Uh, and by the way, we might as well do it. Breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Jimbo Fisher is really, really angry. Stone, <laughs> Stone, just play the first part of, of this Jimbo Fisher evisceration of Nick Saban. I'll tell you what, I know how some of those guys recruit too. <laughs> Don't dig into that. I know the history, I know the tradition, I know, and I know things. Trust me, you don't want to go down that avenue. It's ridiculous. And it's irresponsible. It's unbelievable. They ain't just talking about one. So, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, Keely, he's, he's trying to make the point that Nick Saban cheats, right? But you know what I didn't hear him say? It's What's not that? true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I didn't yeah. hear him say. Because I was really listening. I was like, let me see. Yeah. Let me see. Nope. Now, he, nope. he, he did at times it. in the press conference say that we broke no laws. We broke no state laws. We broke no state laws. State yeah, laws. Well, because, because all of that is well within the rules. Yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah, that's what that, that's what people say when, yeah. when they do something that might be within the laws, but it's not very ethical. Like kosher, right. We broke right. no state laws. Right, right. Uh, I like Stone in my impression of Jim. Do your Jimbo again, Stone? I mean, it's just despicable. It's just despicable <laughs> what he's done. I mean, I know some stuff. 
Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I-, I love that, though, too. Like Jimbo doing the tough guy but not willing to really go fully out there. I know some things. I know some things. And and then doesn't explain what those things are. Classic. Because chances are he was part of those things. Right, right. I, I mean, honestly, and, and I, I want to, and I'm not trying to ruffle feathers here, okay? And Keely, I'm a pretty <laughs> I'm amenable sure. person, right? Like, you would you would admit that I, I can be annoying, I can be overwhelming, I talk a lot, but like, I'm an amenable person, right? And emotional. And emotional, mm-hmm. this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, the assembled media in College Station today, none of whom asked Jimbo Fisher as he went on and on about, oh, I, I know things. Go dig into that. I know things. Go mm-hmm. check that out. Mm-hmm. No media member in attendance asked Jimbo, so what are those things? Simply that question, what are those things? You know what? You right. want to know what that is? In the business, we call that cowardice, and we call that gutless. Yeah. This has been a message from Ken Lavica. Well, thank you, Ken. And, and it's, you know, it's College Station Media, so it's kind of... Oh, yeah. It's Jimbo. Jimbo, come cry on my shoulder. Jimbo, let me rub your back. I'm so sorry. Nick said those yeah. sad, 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 bad things about yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if he were in New York, I mean... Oh, yeah. It, it just is what it is. Because they're and not that, cowards. Well, and it's not really that they're not cowards. <laughs> it's that it's so many of them, you, you just can't go against them. When they're the and, and there are other fish in the sea in bigger markets. That that's it in college. You yeah. know what I mean? That that's yeah. it. So I you kinda have saying. to you kinda have to kinda play that game, unfortunately. You know, I as a member of the media, I don't like it, but it is what it is. Um I, it, well and it's not new. There there are many things I'm sure that people saw back in the days before way, way, way before social media and people just didn't say it. They're like, Yeah, I saw you do that, but yeah. I'm just yeah, gonna, you know, I'm not gonna report that. It's not that yeah. deep. And, and help me get and help me get in at uh, Florida State and help me get into this job at uh, Texas A&M where I make more money than uh, anybody other than Elon Musk. I'm good. Everything's yeah. fine. Well, but, Lane Lane said it too, though. Yeah, Lane, Lane Kiffin said Lane it Kiffin, too. He said that as much money as Texas A&M spent, there uh, should be a luxury tax yeah. that's tacked on to Texas A&M. Now that's 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 Lane being Lane, and I wonder, like Jimbo. He didn't react like that. He had an angry press conference, and he didn't appreciate what Lane said, but he also never mentioned Lane Kiffin by name after that happened. Keep in mind, this is the second Jimbo Fisher angry NIL press conference in the last three yes, months. Yes, it is. Uh, he, he is making this a bi-monthly tradition. Uh, but you're right, Lane Kiffin called out Texas A&M. Uh, by the way, Stone, I just need to get your input. Uh, Texas A&M media, college station media, cowards or no cowards? I, I'd go cowards. Yeah, thank you. Just have guts. I'd, have go, guts. I'd go Have cowards. the guts like they didn't have. Have the guts. Say things like I do. Coward. I mean, there's okay? just there's just nobody who's who's been in that room long enough to call him out or ask the hard questions because they know they'll take all the heat for it. Won't be sitting there next in in, in week one. Well, Coward. and let me let me say this too. In defense, I don't know any of those people in College Station. Let me say this. I don't in, either, and I have no problem calling a coward. Well, but in defense of them, I had an incident one time. I'll tell you guys another time. But I had an incident one time when I, I think I had two incidents. I'm just a fire starter, I think. But where my bosses didn't really back me because they're like, listen, we can't lose being able to cover this team. Sure. So, but if you like the athletic, like they're, they're not decredentialing you at the athletic. R- right. Well, 
True. And that's not a good look. But also, you're asking Jimbo to elaborate on a claim that he's making. He's insinuating Nick Saban cheats. Right. So I don't think it's an unfair follow-up. It's not like, Jimbo, why are you being a turd right now? And I I also think this is one of the biggest deals in in college football history, or like at least on the cusp of that. Like, this is a really big deal. You're basically buying kids to come play on your team. Like, ask the questions. What did y'all think was going to happen with this? And that's the point. Right. Like, the fact that Nick Saban's going out there and saying that Texas A&M bought its players in a derogatory sense, and then Jimbo's reacting like this in the NIL area is patently absurd. Like, honestly, it, it fine. We all get it now. Players are, they have money coming their way. There are chances are, even they're not supposed to, schools are setting up these NIL deals. And guess what? It's no different from when it was under the table, except now it's not under the table. It's on the dining room table. I, I, I don't, but, but what this means is that the drama is hilarious. So that's fine. Like, it's, is it petty? Sure. Is it unnecessary? Absolutely. Is it awesome? Oh, oh hell yes. It absolutely <laughs> is awesome. There's more from Jimbo. This was about a 14-minute press conference, by the way, and it was just Jimbo laying into Nick Saban. But this was getting really personal. Here's more of Jimbo Fisher on Nick Saban. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It's despicable. I mean, that is so inflammatory. And again, he is pushing the narrative that Nick Saban cheats, has always cheated, has made a fortune and a legacy off of cheating, but then, just to drive it home that much more, some people think they're God. Some people think they're God. You think he's the czar of college football. Like, that is, I mean, Jimbo went full sports talk radio mode. Like, that is that is almost wildly impressive on Jimbo's part. Like, he's really trying to hurt Nick Saban. But you, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, Nick Saban's about to be hurt. Right, right. Because, right. because here's the thing. Nick Saban's been doing this too long to not know that that wasn't going to come out somewhere. So I think he was like, listen, I'm going to jump in the water with the sharks and, and I can swim with them and I'm oh. okay with it. But I also think... I lo- love it, love it. But, but I also think that if you, if you want to pick a winner and a loser in this, to me, Nick Saban won. I agree, and I was going to eventually find a way to say it, but I do think Saban comes out on top here. And, the reason, and the, for me, the reason I say that Nick Saban wins this is because Jimbo is so mad right now he's so mad and he's he got under his skin he's mad and he's and not that emotions are a bad thing but when you're trying to win a quote-unquote fight or a debate and a war of words emotion is being emotional is the worst thing you can do because you're not gonna win because now he's doing this thing he is throwing he's he's attacking his character as opposed to sticking to the facts yeah and the reason he can't come out with any facts is because he would implicate himself so now he can't say <laughs> he right. can't say it's not true because he knows it is true yeah he can't say uh, he is a cheater because it's like well Jimbo when when we start doing this digging we gonna find out some stuff you did so he can't uh-huh. say that so what he should have said was listen and we, what he should have stuck with was we broke no laws next question yeah, well, right. yeah when we'll see him when we did. see him
Yeah, that's what that's what he should have did. But he should have. Yeah, he, he doing too much. He should have not had a press conference. Like right. it was, it was <laughs> right. that was a bad and just idea. Just let it blow over. Just let it blow over. But Jimbo, I mean Jimbo, uh, just sort of stalking around College Station now, and it was funny too. He's so mad. There were and he he used a typical speech technique when you really want to drive home a point. Uh, a reporter would start asking a question, and then he'd cut the reporter off to make another comment about Saban. Then the reporter would start in with a question again he'd cut him off again with another different insult of Saban like just really trying to drive it home that nope this is my podium this is my space and this is how I feel about Nick Saban Nick Saban got under Jimbo Fisher's skin was it it was it completely necessary what Nick Saban did last night no is he desperate because he's trying to get the big money he was speaking in front of to to pony up absolutely did he need a convenient target low-hanging fruit that's Jimbo because in the SEC many want to say that Texas ain't they are doing things maybe a bit unsavory. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, maybe. Uh, well, Texas A&M right now has the same reputation Miami does. Stone, do you think Miami's doing things the wrong way? No, I don't, but I do trust Miami's not doing it at the scale or at least Why? the dollar scale. Why? Just because, I mean, if we, I mean, you John, trust you trust John Ruiz. You think John see, Ruiz is see, fully upstanding. Now, I knew you were going to go the John Ruiz route. Like, like I, I understand that, but it, there's more. There's there's. 50 John Ruiz's in, in, in College Station right now. So, like, sure. I, I do trust Miami a lot more, and, and it's at a way smaller scale. I mean, in the past five years, they've brought on one to two five-stars. They signed seven already. Seven. Well, you know what What doesn't matter in in this day of college football, this, this modern age, is whether or not you trust what's happening at these schools. <laughs> you know what you right. should worry about is whether or not your school's adapting and figuring out how to get the job done. Because you can sit here and claim that all these schools are doing NIL the wrong way, but the fact of the matter is the NCAA doesn't have a damn clue what they're actually looking for, what they're actually legislating, and so you better adapt or you're going to get left behind. Saban understands this. He's trying to make money. Jimbo is weirdly defensive about this entire thing and doesn't need to have a press conference like that. But I can't rem- – and if, if you're Miami – Revel in it. It might not last forever until someone comes up with a new antitrust law. So revel in it. Let John Ruiz rain money down on Kane's football players. Want to know why? Because you can. So, Stone, I don't want to hear you say ever again, I trust Miami's doing it the right way. I trust Miami is is doing things in a kosher manner. Who cares? I think Cristobal has more moral, morals than Jimbo. Who cares? <laughs> I don't want my college football coach to have manners or morals. I want him to win football games and win natties okay don't talk like that miami's making that trip week three so it's a battle of the nils we'll see we'll see what goes down in college station stone you better get every damn moral bone out of your body right now or college football (laughs) season's gonna be a real rough ride for you on this radio show okay (laughs) i I pretend i have morals but i don't think i do no problem with this is because you made the point of they were doing it under the table but under the table then you only had so much to dole out now because yeah, it's unlimited right yeah. right it's unlimited now you can have an nil deal from a company in canada or china or germany i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter it is it is the options are limitless and endless and that not that there was much parity in college football before this to be clear there but, was not but but it's really it, it's out the window now which always became the problem of i understood <clears throat> The point about paying players, I understood that point because schools are profiting mm-hmm. off of what you bring mm-hmm. to the school, so you should get something in it. But at the same time, the bigger schools are always going to have more to pay. 
and and this is the same thing with the NIL deals. They have more reach. They have a bigger network. Sure, and, sure. And people want their company associated with these big Power Five schools, particularly SEC schools. Absolutely. And and do I think all these th- these things that I'm saying right now? Do I think that NIL probably needs a cap? And, and it goes against everything I believe in, but probably because you're talking about keeping a sport competitive, and so uh, it, it's a violation of antitrust. The Supreme Court ruled that, so that's why there's no cap on money right now. If the NCAA decided not to wait until two seconds before uh, it was NIL time to come up with NIL guidelines. We wouldn't be in this spot. Eventually, something's going to change. Something's going to happen. But until then, you find the boosters. You find the lawyers. You find the outsiders who are going to put up big money. And you win the game that way. And you know what? That's fine because that's the landscape right now until things change. But what I am even more fascinated about, one more time, the God clip. If you could, Stone. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his his deal. You may find out about about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. The fact that Jimbo Fisher, who is as arrogant as anybody in college football is going to call Nick Saban God and talk about his arrogance by using a term like that. And it's true. It's true. But it truly is the definition of pot calling kettle black. And that's why I love it. Jimbo Fisher is so angry that his self-awareness from how he's built football programs to his personality, he is projecting it all on Nick Saban. He's so mad he has no self-awareness whatsoever. It is a thrilling fight between these two now. Like, this is good. This is stuff I would like wrestling. Yeah, it does. This is pro wrestling. This is AEW. This is WWE. This is Andy Cohen. This is Bravo. This is Real Housewives. It's the whole thing (laughs) wrapped into one. It's delicious, and it's ridiculous. That God complex. God complex. That's what Jimbo Fisher is accusing Nick Saban of having. When Jimbo has just as big a God complex, and you hear it every time the man speaks, and it leads me to this question. Who in sports to you actually has the biggest God complex? Who in sports to you actually has the biggest God complex? Because I would argue that there's another college football coach that fits this mold, and it's the man in Clemson, Dabo Mm. Swinney, who... Oh, I don't know if I can do this job anymore because of NIL. When he knows damn well he has the resources, he never wanted players paid. Whenever anything got tough for him, it was, well, my Lord in Jesus Christ, he's the controller of my destiny. Oh, Dabo, enough. And then when it, he gets disrespected or criticized, he gets ultra-defensive. Dabo's just as bad as Jimbo or Nick Saban, but they are in a select category in sports of guys who think that they are God, a God God complex. Who in sports has a God complex? Who has the biggest God complex in sports? Because Jimbo looks like he thinks it's Saban. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Who in sports has the biggest God complex? And I think there's a lot of options here, Keely. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of who, because I, 
I would. I don't know if I would want to put that on somebody just right now that they have a God complex because it's such a negative. There's nothing positive about, about no, that. No, but but the person Even who has the God complex characteristics of it are. Yeah, well, the person that has the God complex is never going to admit that they yeah. have a God complex. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, yeah, I don't mean about that. I don't know. That's you. When you asked me that earlier today, I was racking my brain trying to figure out, and I and I said I don't know. Now, it, it, where we work, it's you. But I don't. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm messing with. You. <laughs> uh, but, no, but 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 again, if someone is like I. I could say Keely. That's not even true. Not even true. But that is what someone with a god yes, complex would for say. For sure. For sure. Exactly. See, you're on to me. You're on to me. Because I'm trying to think of between coaches and players, just in, in all sports. You know what I mean? Or people that think they can do no wrong. You know who just popped into my head? Bill who? Belichick. Bill Belichick is. Excellent. That just I think, popped into my head. I think. I mean, honestly, Stone, with the draft that the Patriots had and who they took in the first round, the kid out of UC or the uh, UT Chattanooga, that in and of itself would be evidence of a god complex because it's a. Oh, don't worry. I've got <laughs> I it mean, all completely under control. I don't want to say Bill Belichick has god complex because he, how could he t- not, be- Stone? Because time and time again, he doesn't like try to get his voice out there. Like if if something is. He doesn't like that's the God say complex. That's, part of it, that's the God complex because yes. outside of the podium, he's a regular dude. He gets on the podium and he gives off the "I'm better than you" and the mumbly, and I'm not. Gonna and give I don't you anything. have to. I don't, I don't have, have to. to. Right, right. Yeah, but you're, he, you're peons. But you kind of have to. I mean, yeah. yeah, but he doesn't. He just doesn't want to talk to media when guys like Kyrie and Aaron and, and these guys like can't wait to see the mic in front of them and like get their wisdom out like a Floyd Mayweather. Like these guys are just well, think they're consistently giving wisdom out when none of their advice is useful. When Bill Bill Chuck's like, why is why why is my words and, and stuff worth your guys' time? It's not worth anybody's time. We're on to Cincinnati. Now, well, listen, now listen, now listen. Hold yeah. on, Stone. Now yeah. you done jumped on this side. Take of, this place, Keely. Right. Jump you have jumped on this side of the sports complex, which means you are now a member of the media. Uh, yeah. So when people like to say, Oh, they don't have to talk, they don't do this. No, you darn sure do. You know why? Because a big reason why you make what you make is because of the media, because of radio and television deals and people talking about you and people wanting to, if nobody could see you on television, people in Texas can see what's happening in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Yep. People yep. in people all over the world can see what's happening. So then they go, oh, I like that. Let me buy some merchandise. Let me buy that person's jersey. Let me buy tickets. This is why they can have the markups. It's because of the media. But I would yeah. say Bill Belichick doesn't, Give a damn about any of that. Which is the God that's complex. Winning, winning games sells their merchandise, and he knows that's what he's in his office to do. So there's no but, reason to be mumbly and ridiculous then after that. But if nobody ever saw your games, right? then you don't, then people aren't wearing, people, a, a kid in Utah is not wearing a Tom Brady jersey, but for media, but for TV and yeah. magazines and radio. People like to boil media down to just reporters. That's not what it is. It's a nope. very short-sighted look, view of it. It's these television deals and all that that allows you to make that money. Because if it was just about winning games, then he would then he would coach high school or Little League. Now, Keely, uh, Stone mentioned Kyrie. You can win those games too, right? Right. Yeah. He wants to win on the top level, but also get the cash that comes with it. And yeah. I look, I'm knocking for that. 
No, I absolutely knock, not. I don't knock that hustle at all. But it doesn't mean it, 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 the the fact that that Belichick walks up to the podium and gives the least amount of anything possible and does it very mumbly and just sort of passively in front of people that their livelihoods depend on on what he says and them crafting a story out of that. That's a god complex. Yeah. He doesn't have to do that, and he does. And let me ask you this, Keely, because Stone brought up Kyrie Irving. Kyrie unsolicited makes sure that he pours out every thought that goes through his head Mm -hmm. at any possible time and has these beliefs, whether they're educated or not, and most of the time they're not, but he puts it out there and treats it as fact. Uh, Is that a God complex? Because it's almost the complete opposite Mm -hmm. of Belichick, who Mm -hmm. deflects, 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 and mumbles everything. I think by the definition, you, you could characterize it as that because the arrogance that you're not wrong. Right. <laughs> that right. that you that you were the one. You I out. know. You figured out that the earth was flattened. And not that you're the only person out right. there that thinks that, but you're you're the one that's gonna tell it to the and, masses and can and nobody can change your mind. And like, I su- all right. Like I suppose that I probably should have if I was good at my job, I would have given the definition of God complex before now. So here's the definition of God complex. An unshakable belief characterized by consistently inflated feelings of personal ability, privilege, or infallibility. The core of this conversation comes from Jimbo Fisher saying that Nick Saban, for all intents and purposes, and I'm paraphrasing, is God. God. The God of college football. He is saying that he believes Nick Saban has this unshakable belief, inflated feeling of personal ability, privilege, or infallibility. Now, Jimbo, it's funny because he displays all of those things as well, but he has projected it on Nick Saban because of this tiff that they are having. Who in sports has the biggest God complex? Who in sports has the biggest God complex? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's start in West Palm. That's where Tony is. Tony's on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Tony. What's going on, y'all? When we're talking... God complexes in sports. I will go to college football, and I'll use this name. Urban, M-E-Y-E-R. Yes, sir. Urban Meyer. Yes, sir. Who has, because he has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Urban Meyer of the six-second NFL stint as well, where he's kicking kickers and disrespecting players and getting his lap grinded on as well. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Urban Meyer definitely has a god complex. Keely, shout out to you. You're doing your thing. Shout out to you, my man, Ken Levicka. Peace, y'all. Tony, Bye, appreciate thanks, you. Tony. Who has the biggest god complex in sports? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. I got to be honest, Keely. Urban never even entered my mind, and mm-hmm. maybe because he's not coaching right now. But good lord, he is the the epitome of god complex. But can you can you make an argument that? If you're going to be really successful in sports, particularly if you're a head coach, then you have to have a bit of one. Uh, maybe. Not maybe. The, not the part, Not necessarily the, ag- the arrogance to think that you cannot be wrong, but an overinflated, if you will, sense of self. I th- yeah. Because because how are you really really successful? If like I I I know someone who once said, "I'm surprised when I lose." It doesn't mean that if I lose, it's a, it's a bad thing, but I always expect to win. Yeah. Now, somebody else would hear that and go, dang, that's arrogant. But, right, right. But you, how do you not, how can you not have a winner's mentality and, and really like low-key slash high-key respect that? You're like, yeah. Hey. 
I think that it, there there are levels to that, and I think that that's. I mean, I, I think there's a lot to what you're just saying there, Keely. I think there's confidence, but then there's God complex. Confidence is, yeah, I'm the best coach. I know what I'm doing. Uh, but God complex then permeates into how they treat other people around them, and I think that's where you start to get the people like Belichick, where you're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Um, let's go to Jupiter. That's where David is. David's on Ken Levick alive. Hi, David. Yeah, I think you're a little off with uh, Belichick. Belichick implements and guides the creation of the true God complex, which is Robert Kraft. <laughs> and I... Okay, okay. So, so Belichick is merely a disciple of <laughs> of of Robert Kraft in his teachings. Exactly. He's the disciple that goes out and spreads the message, and you know, implements the message. And Robert Kraft. I mean, come on. That dude is infallible in his own eyes, beyond belief, and he's actually proven it in reality as well. That is, that's actually not a, a, a bad call. And in fact, on Twitter, uh, Bill, and appreciate the call, David. Bill says Robert Kraft. Mm. Robert Kraft. Now, I. I suppose I don't know enough about Robert Kraft other than his affinity for Jupiter um, strip malls and <laughs> massage parlors uh, to, to say whether or not he has a God complex. What I do know, Keely, is you can't spell New Testament without N-E. I think I'm on to something. Wow. Was that good? That was a reach. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely totally a reach. Now, if we're going to go owners, we got to put Jarrah. In there. Oh, yeah. Jerry Jones. Yeah, Jerry Jones. Absolutely. Who has the biggest God complex in sports? We'll continue to take your calls after our visit from Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Marcus Smart is probable tonight. Foot injury. We'll dig into that with the Heat and the Celtics. Game two tonight here on ESPN 106.3. Ken Levicka live presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. She's Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. We'll get to our God Complex conversation. Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher. It's the off-the-field cat fight we never knew we needed but it is here right in front of us unfolding we'll continue to take your calls but i want to talk game two of the heat and celtics tonight looking to hear peppers for a second straight game in this series the heat up one game to none it'll be here on espn 106.3845 is the kickoff or the kickoff, what is the tip time? I'm thinking kickoff because a man that I uh, initially knew through FAU football does a great job with FAU football. He is one of the finest orthopedic surgeons in the entire country, to be quite honest. He's Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, and he joins us every single week here on Ken Levick Alive. Dr. Ross, thank you so much for hanging out with us again, and I figure we should focus on feet because Marcus Smart had the foot that everybody was focused on in game one, did not play against the heat now when you hear something just a foot sprain the initial reaction is oh it's Marcus Smart he's tough he'll obviously have no problem gritting his teeth and playing through game one but when it comes to foot sprains it's not that easy but how does a foot sprain differ from like an ankle sprain why would he, he have had some difficulty getting on the floor in game one 
Hey, Ken. Ken, good to see you again. Um, yeah, foot sprains, kick, they can be a problem. Um, they come in a wide variety of injuries. You can have something very low grade, or you could have something that's very severe that needs surgery and could be career-threatening. Um, based on his injury and based on the injury pattern that I saw on the video where he comes down and hits the tip of his foot into the ground and kind of provides what we call an axial load to the foot, um, is in coordination with what they're describing as a midfoot sprain. Now, from what I've heard is that the MRI that was taken after the injury does not appear to be as severe as it could be. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, it just it's obviously there was a pain threshold that he just couldn't handle, or they just decided, hey, rest it so it doesn't compound the problem. You'll be good for game two. Which one do you think is more likely there in this spot? Um, I guess based on what it looked like and probably the fact that the MRI sounds like it was pretty clean, I think you're probably going to see him pretty shortly, especially in the situation where they're, where they're down one game to nothing, so they're going to need him. Uh, when it comes to foot sprains, as we talk with Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, uh, gives us the insight on some of the most prominent sports injuries every week here on Ken Levick Alive. Where most commonly is someone... Uh, suffering an injury to their foot, especially when it comes to a, a ligament uh, a ligament problem like, like Marcus Smart? Um, most of that happens what we call in the midfoot region. So that's um, kind of in the center of the, uh, of the foot. Uh, the foot is divided up into three regions, your forefoot, which is mostly your toes, your hind foot, which tends to be the heel, and then the midfoot is all of the the bones and the ligaments in between, which in the foot, as well as in the hand, there's quite a, quite a bit of bones and ligament structures that can get injured. Now, the most common injury that we hear about when someone talks about a midfoot sprain is a specific injury pattern, which is called a Lis-Frank injury. Yeah. And that's one that we hear about because it's very severe, it needs surgery, and it can have very bad complications um, and even threaten players' careers from that. Now, one foot injury, too, that I have actually suffered several years ago, uh, one that I think many sports fans here on a fairly regular basis, is plantar fasciitis. What, what is that? When, when I was feeling that pain in the arch of my foot for, for a good year, what, what is plantar fasciitis? So when, when fans hear that next, they kind of understand that injury and why it takes so long to heal. Yeah, plantar fasciitis, that's an inflammation of what we call the fascia or the soft tissues on the bottom of the arch of the foot. And often what happens there is it's, it can be an overuse injury. It could be micro tears that cause inflammation, um, and they just take a very long time to heal. They take a lot of attention with stretching and icing, and the reason why they're so hard to get to heal is that we walk on our feet and we're constantly re-injuring it over and over, especially as we try to get back to doing the things that we want to do, uh, like running. It just, it just re-aggravates it and starts the cycle all over again. Uh, we've discussed hamstrings, we've discussed ankles. When it comes to feet and uh, trying to get right, and Marcus Smart's rehab, uh, trying to get back for game two tonight against the Heat, uh, anything revolutionary? Is it truly just sort of a cold water soak, keep compressed, and and uh, just make sure that, that you're staying off it as much as possible? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think a rest at the beginning, probably putting him in a boot to offload the area, 
Um, there's various different taping modalities that can be used to help to support the midfoot. Um, those are the things that they'll be turning to. Um, not too much in the way of injections in the short term. Uh, a thing like a cortisone injection around a healing ligament is not going to be a good idea. Um, but I, I don't think that this is something that's as severe like a Liz Frank injury. Fortunately for him, you know, Liz Frank injuries, they can be bad. Uh, Miami Heat, uh, Haslam had one way back in, I think, 2010 that, that he was out. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a, that's a tough go. You know, 90% of, of high-level athletes can make it back, but uh, it takes almost a year to recover from that, and I don't think that's what's going on here. Marcus Smart looks like he's going to play game two tonight. He's been upgraded to probable and giving you a great insight on why what happened to Marcus Smart happened and where it happened and the type of recovery and uh, the lead-up for tonight is Dr. James Ross. Just really, really good stuff again. Dr. Ross, thank you for jumping on. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, okay? All right. Talk to you next week, Ken. Thank you. Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, is joint pain affecting your quality of life at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Their team is experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash OrthoCare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash OrthoCare. And Stone, I didn't miss anything. He's still probable, right? Yeah, he's still probable as of right now. All right, so we'll discuss too uh, because Keeley, there is this, um, there's this thought that uh, that it, when Marcus Smart returns, the Heat aren't going to be able to do anything on offense. And Jimmy Butler, well, forget that his 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 postseason's going to be derailed. And I'm going to explain why that's actually uh, not the case. In case you were worried about that, Keeley. That you were going to explain something? No, that, that, something that, that Marcus Smart's <laughs> going to torpedo the series. That Marcus Smart coming back is going to just shut the Heat down. They're, they're, no way. And his green hair. Yeah, and his green hair. And <laughs> like his it. green hair. Uh, I, it's a good look. I At mean, first, it, I didn't like it, but I was like, oh, I, I'm fine with it. Me. Marcus Smart wants to give off this impression that he's a little off, and he is kind of a little off, and he's a little well. quirky, and I'm kind of into it. I, I, I'm into it. I'm into it, uh, into him getting taking that L tonight, but I'm also <laughs> into his hair. So that's all good. Uh, we're talking God complex here, and who in sports has the biggest God complex? Because Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, there's trouble in the old SEC household. Uh, Stone, if we could one more time hear, hear Jimbo Fisher, because I think this is hilarious. Jimbo Fisher, that guy who was so petty at Florida State, he was so upset with the higher-ups that he just decided to stop recruiting after they won a national championship and was openly flirting on the side with Texas A&M and just got on a private jet, went to College Station and never came back to Tallahassee and left FSU in shambles. That man that man is calling Nick Saban God, insinuating he has a God complex. Listen to this today in the hastily called press conference so Jimbo Fisher could absolutely blowtorch Nick Saban. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. 
Now, I think it's good that Keeley's in. If you could, Stone, just play the first couple of seconds of this, because without context, where it's not a, he doesn't mention football, it almost sounds like he's talking about religion. He's talking about uh, God doing, doing his deal. If you could, just play the first couple of seconds. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. Right there. So, Keely, I mean, I know that you are uh, you're you're very God fearing and you're church going mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, God mm-hmm. and how God did His deal. I can't mm-hmm. remember in what order did God do His deal uh, to uh, to create us. Uh, what was day one? Do you remember? Hey, um, like when did fish come? I don't know. I have to look at Genesis. But okay. ma- but man came last. Man, man came last. Man came later. And then he rested, right? <laughs> and then he rested, and then on, he the, rested. on the seventh day. What on, on was the, the first? Was it uh, because you can't just say in the beginning, the heavens and the earth, because day one was a specific thing. So maybe it was light and dark. Maybe that was the first. Oh, the I think you're thing. right. I think, that's I think the, you're right. Because that has to come first. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. That that is probably beneficial for all things after that. I was just curious, and uh, Keely is our God insider here on uh, on Ken Levick Alive. <laughs> Who has the biggest God complex in sports? This show is ridiculous. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. And you can tweet at us at KLV one zero six three. Who has the biggest God complex in sports? Mark messages God complex is. Definitely Mike Krzyzewski. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good one. Mm. I definitely think that's a good one, actually. He doesn't give me that. He doesn't necessarily give me that feeling, though. He he more gives me the feeling of you would find that out after you talk to him personally for a while. But nothing nothing necessarily about <laughs> him gave that I, up I, to me personally. I find that odd, considering you said Bill Belichick does and Mike Krzyzewski doesn't. Like, like I need to know. I need to know where that oh, line Sto- draws. Stone is them. spicy right now. Stone, I never, <laughs> I never thought that you were in, uh, in with Bill Belichick. I didn't know you were a Belichick I, guy. I mean, I've had football coaches in my life. When I, I know when guys are about ball, they're about ball. I, I know when that dude steps into the building, every single second is Bruh. spent on foot. Ball, and he could Bruh. give a damn Cause, who the new cause. media members are, <laughs> what his job is. He he he, that's your he job. would rather, he wants to that's get fired. That's part of your job. But you know, like Marshawn Lynch listen. didn't want to talk either. Bill Belichick don't and give a damn about that people. Fine. That that's not the point. That is not the point of it. The point is that is part of your job. But you know what? I'm he not, doesn't want it listen, to be. It doesn't matter. Like I'm wearing, like I'm not wearing makeup right now. You know why? Because we're on radio, and nobody can see. Me. That's right. But part of my job. When I'm on television, is to wear makeup. I don't like doing it, but I do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's I, part I, of the job. I it's, do, but I still don't think he cares. It doesn't matter whether you care. or He doesn't not. even. He doesn't think it's a part of the job. He goes, no. It, he goes, I can just give these half-ass know, answers because I got to go coach a team. But he knows it is part of the job because he's out there every day. But the problem is, he just doesn't want to get fined. The pro- the problem is, is that they do it at the bare minimum. And while I can appreciate, it's not it's not about I don't care about it. I just want to win football games. It's I don't want my words to be used against me. That's why they yeah. do that. And, That's and why s- they do. That. It has nothing to do with I'm all about football. Get out of here with that. Stone is is thinking you can plant cameras at a New York Jets practice and not get caught. Is is that uh, not a god complex Ooh. right there? That's uh, so football related that it's sickening. Oh God. 
Yeah, all right, you know what? I can't get mad Somebody's... at Stone, though. Because I said take the moral bones out of your body, and I suppose he did. I didn't think it was going to happen in like 10 minutes, but he's right. He did. It, his moral bone just <laughs> slid out of his body, and now he truly doesn't care whether someone cheats or not. Fair enough, Stone. Touche, <laughs> my friend. Oh. Who, in, who in sports has the biggest God complex? Um, uh, uh, Mike Ruiz says LeBron James. How has nobody said LeBron James? He has the chosen one tattooed on his back. I thought about I thought about that. But in fairness to LeBron James when it comes to that, people gave that to him. Remember, I, I was now, say, remember when he was that. 17 years old, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and it said the chosen. The boy hadn't even graduated from St. Vincent yep. St. Mary's yet and they wrote the chosen one. Yep. I covered um the McDonald's All-American game when LeBron was in it in 2003. He had a gaggle of media around him and the boy was 18. You see what I'm saying? The He was a product of his environment almost. We right, we knew he was going to be the first pick. It happens to be that his last name is James, and we know about King James, so that just all it just all worked out too well. Like it, it's not a joke, but the jokes wrote themselves when it came to yeah. this. Like the material wrote itself when it came to him. So I don't, to me, that doesn't necessarily seem. I, I honestly when think LeBron LeBron's more corny than he is God complex. Ooh, how corny! I, I think he's just corny. I think like how? he 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 likes to build fables about himself. Like honestly, Stone, you remember Tuesday when we were talking about with Theo? LeBron did that Q and A because you know he was watching the playoffs. He's got nothing to do. He broke out the Pinot Noir and he decided that he was going to get on that hell Twitter app and uh, and do a Q and A. <laughs> and someone asked him uh, how often he and Bronny play, and uh, LeBron responded. Stone, it was something like, uh, oh, we don't do it as much as we did, but last time uh, we couldn't finish because I broke the backboard. LOL. Like, that's nonsense. That's a total lie. That didn't happen, but LeBron wants people to think that he is this. Th- even though he's out of the playoffs now, uh, didn't make it to the postseason, like, oh, LeBron, so powerful. Uh, he broke the backboard. Hilarious. How, how this you is corny. know that didn't happen? It's corny. He didn't break his backboard. How do you Ken, know that? Ken just didn't want it to happen, or he wishes how it didn't How do you know happen. that, Ken? He didn't break his backboard. How That's do you nonsense. Know that, Ken? Because he's not Shaq, okay? Like, LeBron's not breaking any backboards. But Shaq's not LeBron. I mean, I, I think like when he no was Shaq, a Q- Shaq is a full like uh, like eighty five pounds heavier than LeBron Stone. When when you don't think there's a possibility that he could have broke the backboard no, at his house? No, he's lying. Just like he lied when he said he was reading Malcolm X in the bubble, and then when he was asked about it, he answered uh, like I did in high school when I was taking an econ class and didn't read a whole damn chapter and just BS'd my way through it. My- he took a picture of himself opening the cover of Malcolm X and said, "Oh, great book, learning a lot of things." I'm gonna. I'm going to read what he wrote, what he said specifically. Just so I he can said, yeah, likely pick he apart said, no, he, no, Ken said it. He said, yeah, we've played, but we didn't get to finish because I broke the backboard. LOL. Oh, no, but, not that part. The Malcolm X. No, part. The Malcolm, oh. well, I'm, I'll find it in the break, Keely, because it's an audio. Well, I think there's audio of it. And we'll play it. Um, do we still have uh, our other Bible insider, Joe Stone? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, Joe and Jupiter, if you could give us some Bible insight here at some point. I, I know we went off at a bit of a tangent. We'll continue to take your calls. Who has the biggest God complex in sports? I'm at home because I have a sick kid today. I'm doing a terrible job of managing the clock. I'm very bad at my job. She's Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? From the yeah, Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown yeah, West Palm yeah. Beach, you are listening to yeah, Ken yeah. Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. 
Stone, if you could, if you could prepare LeBron talking about the Malcolm X book in the bubble. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. Awesome. I appreciate you. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Ken LeVick alive Thursday. That means Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Uh, she is not makeup right now. It doesn't matter. She is uh, she is a, a very beautiful specimen. But tonight, tonight she will have makeup on for your viewing pleasure yes. on WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. That is a damned guarantee. My face will be beat. <laughs> Beat to the gods, uh, but <laughs> as the children say. <laughs> oh man, that was good. I did not see that coming, and that was really entertaining. Uh, and then, and, and then it's your weekend, right? It's your weekend after. Uh, it after is. It is. Can I just say real quick? So yeah. you know, I won't be here next Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Because the boy is graduating. Oh, congratulations! Listen, I know I am just going to be a a mess the next the the twenty fifth. And the 26th, because the 25th is Kelly Dunn's last day. She's retiring after 30 years. Oh, that's years. right. Yeah. Um, it's also my anniversary. Hey, we made it eight years. Hey. And and then the boy is graduating the next day. I'm like, my tear ducts my are going to get God. just a workout. Like you're going to be drained. I, I am. Just emotionally drained. Because cause the boy is graduating. That is awesome. Now, that granted, is... <laughs> people that don't know, my son's only six. So he's only... <laughs> But still, like. But, but I mean, you know, it might feel like he's graduated from high school. No, 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 no. It, it, it's a big deal, but I just wanted to give people context. He's only six. But that's going to happen to me tomorrow because Addie has her graduation ceremony yeah. from kindergarten. And so I'm going to walk into the office tomorrow, like all red eyed and mm. drained. And, uh, and I might just sob through two hours of radio tomorrow unless the Heat hand the Celtics that L. Let's go, Heat. Tonight here on ESPN 106.3, game number two. God complexes. Who in sports has the biggest one? We've gotten Belichick. We've gotten LeBron, though we think maybe he's more corny, or I think he's more corny than he is. God complex, and Keeley brought up a good point. His environment was the one who... um, was the one who ended up uh, uh, giving him those monikers, the chosen exactly. one and King James and all that stuff. Exactly. He, didn't, he didn't bestow those things on him. Those around him did it. And I think, and I think there, I'm going to sound like an LeBron apologist and I promise I'm not, but I think there's something to be said. I, I feel like we've seen his maturity in a lot of ways from, you know, the I'm taking my talents to South beach sort of thing in 2010 and that was, He's learned a lot. Right, right. I mean, can yeah. you believe that was 12 years ago? I know, I know. And, and now, you know, LeBron is almost 40. And but, he he's more of more coming to himself as and not the, the myth that is LeBron yeah. James, if you will. He actually, you can tell he actually, I mean, he's very sensitive to what people do think about him. Right. And he will adjust to things that he feels maybe he was wrong about, which is why you didn't see a TV special again in mm-hmm. his different free agency moves. But people with a God complex don't do that. They unapologetically keep surging forward, a.k.a. Belichick, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, Coach K. I mean, Coach K, uh, the God complex was c- completely confirmed when he told his own fans to shut up after his home finale uh, and and threw his players under the bus. So, like, that to me, I, th- there's only one man who thinks he can get away with that, and that's Mike Krzyzewski. Mm. And, and and maybe I, I, I don't listen to him critically enough. I think I just always have, if you're a person that 
quote unquote tells your truth, the truth, your truth, whatever, in a press conference, as salacious or crazy as it seems, at least you're telling me something. Yeah. You're just telling me crap like we're on to Miami, we're on to the Jets. We're on. like mm-hmm. if you don't get off my phone, <laughs> you yeah. are wasting my time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'm sure all the all the reporters in New England know it, it's what it is, but they gotta do it. And see, and that's my point, Stone, about you gotta do your job. They don't want to talk to him either. Like, but we got we gotta be here. But so let's it's yeah, it's I mean, kind of like arbitration. We gotta be here. Mm-hmm. Don't neither one of us want to be here, but we gotta be here. So since we're here, at least let's have an appetizer. Let's not just only have this this nasty flat water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like let's make like, the most of it. That let's, was a let's, weird I, analogy. I don't know. But y'all knew where I was. I don't going know. Are you Belichick? Yeah, we're on. We're on to the break. We're on to the uh, next hour. <laughs> <laughs> that stone's getting better at radio every single day. She's <laughs> Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Levicka, and I'm live on ESPN One Hundred Six Three.